There was a poor peasant who sat in the evening by the hearth and poked the fire. His wife sat spinning. Then he said, How sad is it that we have no children, with us all is so quiet. In the other houses it is noisy and lively. Yes, replied the wife, and sighed, even if we only had one, and it were quite small, and only as big as a thumb. It should be quite satisfied. The woman fell ill, but after seven months gave birth to a child that was perfect in all its limbs, but no longer than a thumb. Then they said, It is we wish to be, and it still shall be our dear child. And because of its size, they will be called Thumbling. They fed it plenty of food, and the child did not grow taller, and remained as it is, as it had been as the first. Nevertheless, it took sensibility out of its eyes, and soon showed itself to be a wise and nimble creature, for everything it did turned out well. One day, one day the peasant was getting ready to go into the forest to cut wood, when he said as if himself, as if to himself, how I wish there was anyone who could bring a cart for me. Oh, father, cried Thumbling, I will soon bring the cart. Rely on that. I shall be in the forest at the appointed time. The man smiled and said, How can that be done? You'll fall too, far too small to lead the horse by the reins. That's of no consequence, father. If my mother will only harness it, I shall sit in the horse's ear and call out to him with how he is to go. Well, answered the man, for once we shall try it. When the time came, the mother harnessed the horse and placed Thumbling in its ear. Then the little creature cried, Gee up, gee up, and it went properly as if with its master. Then it went quite properly as if with its master, and the cart went the right way into the forest. It so happens that the way, ju just as he was turning a corner, the little one was crying, Key up! Two strange men came in t towards him. My word, said one of them, what is this? There's a cart coming, and a driver is calling to the horse, but he still he is not to be seen. That can't be right, says the others. We will follow the cart and see where it stops. The cart, however, drove right into the forest and exactly to the place where the wood had been cut. Then the Thumbling saw his father. He cried to him, See, father, here I am with the cart. Now take me down. The father got a hold of the horse with his left hand and with the right took his little son out of the ear. Thumbling sat down quite merrily on a straw. But when the two main strange men saw him, they did not know of what to say for astonishment. Then one of them took the other aside and said, Listen, the little fellow would make uh, our fortune if we exhibited him in a large town for money. We will buy him. They went to the peasant and said, Sell us the little man. He shall be treated with us. No, replied the father, he is the apple of my eye, and all the money in the world cannot buy him from me. 
Thumbling, however, said when he heard of this bargain, he had crept, had crept up, folded his father's cloak, placed himself on his shoulders, and whispered in his ear, "Father, do give me away. I'll come soon. Come back again." But the father sold. Then the father sold him to the two men for a handsome bit of money. Where will you sit? They said to him. Oh, just set me on the rim of your hat. And then I can walk backwards and forwards and look at the country and still not fall down. They did as he wished, and then Thumbling had taken leave of his father. They went away with him. They walked until it was dusk. And then the little fellow said, Do take me down. I want to come down. The man took his hat off and put the little fellow on the ground by the wayside. And he leapt and crept, but about a little between the sods, then suddenly slipped into a mouse hole which he had spied. Good evening, gentlemen. Just go home without me, they, he cried to them and mocked them. They ran and stuck their sticks into the mouse hole, but it was all lost labor. Thumbling crept in still farther, farther in, and as it soon became quite dark, they were forced to go home with their vexation and their empty purses. When Thumbling saw that they were gone, he crept back out of the subterranean passage. It is so dangerous to walk on the ground in, in the dark. He said how easily a neck or leg can be broken. Fortunately, he knocked against an empty snail shell. Thank God, said he, in that I can pass the night in safety, and he got into it. Not long afterwards, and when he was going to sleep, he heard the two men go by, and one of them was saying, How shall we contri contrive to get a hold of a rich pastor with silver and gold? I could tell you that, cried Thumbling, interrupting them. What was that? said one of the thieves in fright. I heard some speaking. They stood still listening, and Thumbling spoke again. He said, Take me with you, and I'll help you. But where are you? Just look on the ground and observe from where my voice comes, he replied. There the thieves at length found him and lifted him up. You little imp, how will you help us, they said. A great deal, said he. I, I will creep into the pastor's room through the iron bars and will hand you out whatever you, whatever you want to have. Come then, they said, and we'll see what you can do. When they got to the pastor's house, Thumbling crept into the room, but instantly cried out with all his might, Do you want to have everything that is here? The thieves were alarmed, but said, But do speak softly as to not waken anyone. Thumbling, however, behaved as if he had not understood this, and cried again, What do you want? Do you want to have everything that is here? The cook, who slept in the next room, heard this and sat up in bed and listen. The thieves, however, had their fright run some distance away, but at last they took courage and thought, the little rascal wants to mock us. They came back and whispered to him, come on, be serious, and reached something out to us. Then Thumbling cry again cried as loudly as he could, I really will give you everything. Just put your hands in. The maid who was listening heard this quite distinctly and jumped out of bed and rushed to the door. But the thieves took flight and ran as if the wild huntsmen were behind them. But the maid could not see anything. She went to light a candle. When she came back with it, Thumbling, unperceived, fled to the barn. 
and the maid, after she had examined every corner and found nothing, laid down in her bed again, and believed that after all she had only been dreaming with open eyes and ears. Thumbling again had climbed up among the hay and found a beautiful place to sleep in. There he intended to rest until day, and then go home again to his parents. But he had other things to go through. Truly, there is much affliction and misery in this world. When day dawned and the maid arose from her bed to feed the cows, her first walk was into the barn, where she laid hold of an armful of hay, and precisely that very one which poor Thumbling were lying asleep. He, however, was sleeping so soundly that he was aware of nothing and did not wake up till he was in the mouths of the cow who had picked up the hay. Ah, heavens, cried he. How have I gotten into the middle? But soon discover where he was. Then it was necessary to be careful not to let himself go between the teeth and be dismembered. But he was nevertheless forced to slip down into the stomach with the hay. In this little room the windows are forgotten, said he. No sun shines in. Neither will a candle be brought. His quarters were especially unpleasing to him. And the worst was more and more hay was coming in by the door and the space grew less and less. Then at length, in his anguish, he cried as loud as he could, Bring me no more fodder! Bring me no more fodder! The maid was just milking the cow when she heard someone speaking, and saw no one, perceived that it was the same voice that she had heard in the night. She was so terrified that she slipped off her stool and spilled the milk. She ran in great haste to her master and said, Oh, heavens, pastor, the cow's husband speaking. Are you mad? replied the pastor. But he himself went into the barn to see. Hardly, however, he set his foot inside when Sumling cried again, Bring me no more fodder. Bring me no more fodder. Then the pastor himself was alarmed and thought that the evil spirit had gone into the cow and ordered her to be killed. She was killed, but the stomach in which the stomach in which Thumbling was was thrown into the rubbish pile. Thumbling had great difficulty in working his way to the surface, however he succeeded. But just as he was going to thrust his head out, a new misfortune occurred. The hun a hungry wolf ran over and swallowed the whole stomach in one gulp. Thumbling did not lose courage. Perhaps he thought, the wolf will listen to what I've got to say. And he called down from his stomach, Dear wolf, I know of a magnificent feast for you. Where is it? said the wolf. In such and such house. You must creep into through the kitchen sink, and you and fi will find cakes and bacons and sausage, and as much of them as you can eat. He described to them him his exactly his father's house. The wolf did not need to be told twice. He squeezed himself in at night through the sink, and ate to his heart's content in the larder. Then he had eaten his fill. He wanted to go out again, but he had become so big they could not go out the same way. Thumbling had reckoned on this, and now began to make a violent noise inside the wolf's body, and raged and screamed as loudly as he could. Will you be quiet, said the wolf, you will wake up the people. Nonsense, replied the little fellow, you have eaten your fill, and I will make merry likewise, and began to once more scream with all his strength. At last his father and mother were aroused by it and ran into the room and looked in through the opening in the door and they saw that a wolf was inside. They ran away 
and the fetchman's husband fetched his axe, and the wife the scythe. Stay behind, said the man, and then to the room. I, when I had given him a blow, if he is not killed by it, you must cut him down and hew his body into pieces. Then Thelmring heard his parents' voices and cried, Dear father, I am here. I am in the wolf body, said the father, full of joy. Thank God, for our dear child has found us again. The blade the woman take away her scythe, that Thumbling might not be hurt by it. After that, he raised his arm, and struck the wolf with such a blow on his head that he fell down dead. And then they got out their knives and scissors and cut the body open and drew the little fellow out. Ah, said the father, what sorrow we have gone for, through for your sake. Yes, Father, I have gone about the world a great deal. Thank heaven I breathe fresh air again. Where have you been then? Ah, Father, I have been in a mouse hole, a cow's stomach, and then in a wolf's. Now I will stay with you, and we will not sell you again. No, not for all the riches in the world, said his parents. And they embraced and kissed their dear thumbling. They gave him food and drink, and had some new clothes made for him. For his own had been spoiled on his journey. That's it. I love you.